Welcome into another edition of Sportball with Squam, Stogie, and Skulldog. I'm Sam, or Skulldog. With me, as always, are my good friends Seth, a.k.a. Squam, Greetings, and Kyle, boy. otherwise known as Stogie. Guys, Stogie Barone for long. Of course. Uh, so before we start this episode, I wanted to explain where these names came from, because we didn't last episode, and they're pretty funny, except for Seth's isn't really... Uh, yeah, but nickname I think is your nickname, which is good. So, um, really, I had two right. steps better. Right. So, Seth is just his first and last name put together. Seth Quam becomes Squam. Well, now, as really. far as I know, that's the reason for it, unless there's a more backstory. I mean, it's the first <laughs> letter of my first name. My first last name put together would be Subquam. <laughs> which, come to think of it, has a nice ring to it. That's true. It's the truth. Uh, Kyle, yes. your nickname Stogie comes from the Christian name Stogie Barone. Uh, mm, yeah, so <laughs> I, I guess I can explain this. I have a uh, friend here at school who, for some reason, tweeted one day that he wished he had a friend whose nickname was Stogie and right. walk around with a cigar in his mouth always. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never walked around always with a cigar in my mouth, but I occasionally <laughs> smoked them and I offered myself up to be Stogie. And then you guys learned of that, and it caught on. And just like Ray Barone from, um, what is that show called? Everybody loves, yeah, How I Met Your Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Uh, <laughs> I, I am the, Raymond. I'm I'm the go to <laughs> sports guy in the group. So you put them together, and you got Stogie Barone for long, Stogie for short. Just brilliant. brilliant. Uh, my nickname Skulldog is short for Skulldog Millionaire which is play and my last name Scully and the movie Slumdog Millionaire, which I've never seen. Uh, Phenomenal film. Phenomenal given film. Given to me by Seth, but I just take credit for it anytime anyone asks about it. So Much like most things. There yeah. you have it. So now that we've effectively lost our five listeners by talking about our nicknames for five minutes, let's <laughs> go ahead and move on to the rest of the podcast. Uh, this episode is going to be a mid-season NFL checkup. So we just finished. This is We're recording this on a Monday. All there is one game the, going on, but there's one game going on. It is Patriots the Patriots Bills. and the Bills, so I think we know how that's going to go. Right, the Bills should win easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I wanted to start with a segment called "Who's Ass and Who's Grass," <laughs> uh, <Why laughs> which no one knows. No one knows. Yeah, so ass is who's ass and grass is who's good for some reason. Basically, who's real? And G who for isn't. good, G for grass. Exactly. Uh, so these are teams who either have a surprisingly good record or a surprisingly bad record, and we kind of want to discuss, do we think they are what their record shows, or are they more like who we thought they were coming into the season? They are who we thought they were. Nice. Yeah. Had to get that one didn't you? (laughs) Yeah, shout out. Arizona Cardinals head coach. What's his name? You think I'd know? Dennis Green. (laughs) Sure. Although I prefer Steve Blue. All right, so... (laughs) Dennis used to coach the Vikings, too. Didn't Steve as well? Yeah, Steve Blue was one of our greatest coaches. <laughs> All right, so the first two teams I wanted to talk about are both from the NFC East, which is just a bloodbath right now. And by bloodbath, I mean a collection of not good teams. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about the Washington Redskins. Oh, is that like the Eagles. wet shower? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh either one of you go first and tell me what you think about these teams um i guess i'll start so washington had no clue this was going to happen obviously um the signing of um god man i can't think of anyone's names right now adrian peterson jesus dude he's been in the league how long i couldn't think of his name <laughs> i did not think this was going to go anywhere near as well as it's gone uh, I mean, the man just almost rushed for 150 yards the other day. Uh, some might say he's a generational talent, even at his age. I think he's like 57 at this point. But <laughs> um, somehow he's become the backbone of the Redskins offense, and it hasn't faltered. So I, I really don't know. I don't know if it's real or not. Um, do any of you guys have takes on if it's you think this can be sustained with Adrian Peterson holding down a team? I have a strong take, but I don't know if Seth does. I mean, I obviously didn't expect this either, but 
given what Adrian Peterson's track record is and his ability to overcome um, limitations that would leave other people, you know, on the bench after he came back from his ACL and like nearly set the, <clears throat> I think he like led the league in rushing the next year. Um, like I would not count out Adrian Peterson, even at this age, I feel like you hear all the time about professional athletes as like these freak athletes. And Adrian mm-hmm. Peterson is one of the few players um, similar to like LeBron in basketball, the few players who's just like, even on another level physically from most of the rest of the league. So I could see it continuing, but, you know, then again, father time is undefeated. So eventually he'll obviously decline back and running back historically do not have the most longevity. So I'll be interested to see what happens the rest of the season, but I would lean more that he could keep it going than not. Before Sam goes, I'm just – looking at like his game logs for this year and there's been two instances where he has been held to 20 yards or less and it was in their two losses other than that though he's been 150 yards this past weekend then 99 yards 97 120 and 96 I did not realize he's been nearing 100 yards rushing every single game besides the two games that they they lost him Mm-hmm. And he's getting a huge share of the work too. Like, there's no one else there. I mean, they have he's getting uh, touches a game Chris, and bursting out a big run. Like, he's the workhorse back. Yeah. What's your take, Sam? Well, I gotta tell you guys, this is my first team that is ass. Oh, okay. And not even grass. Uh, so they're five and two, and they've beaten the Cardinals, the Packers, the Panthers the Cowboys, and the Giants. Now, personally, I don't think the Packers are very good. So by my count, that's one good win against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not that impressed. Uh, I think they're beating up on bad teams. And I think that their defense is not that great. I think that they have not a single wide receiver I would trust. That being said... You said Father Time is undefeated. Adrian Peterson might be the first to beat him and then just take over his title as the new Father Time. So, <laughs> so I, I would I would say that this division is wide open right now, but if I were betting, gun to my head, right? Sword to my face. Nunchucks in my pocket. I would go Eagles to win this division instead of the Redskins. I'd agree with you, too, on that point, Eagles winning the division, but I'm looking at their second-half schedule, and it's really – The Redskins or the Eagles? The Redskins, and it's Mm – they don't have any competition. They play Falcons, terrible defensively, so if they're going to win, they could do it. Buccaneers, putrid defensive. Buccaneers are feisty, though, with Fitch Magic coming back as the starter. That's true, I guess. We'll see what happens. But And then the Texans, you never know really what you're going to get with them on the defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got J.J. Yeah. Watt, but they haven't looked like the Texans of old. Then you got the Cowboys, who they somehow beat two weeks ago. But Cowboys do have a good defense. So if they stop Adrian Peterson, Cowboys win that game. Then a matchup with the Eagles. But then the two more matchups with the Eagles to end the season. And then the Giants and the Titans. And Jaguars, so I'll tell you I don't know. Thing, they, they might be able to pull this off, but they're going to get blasted in the first round of the playoffs. All of these games that you mentioned, though, as games that they should win, are also games that they could easily lose. Like all those teams. Oh, are, I agree. All those te- teams are kind of zigzag teams that you don't know where you're getting week to week. The Jaguars could have a you know be coming into form at that time with Leonard Fournette back. You uh, could have the boat Titans or the are- woat. You never know. Blake Borders either. <laughs> Plays well or he's the worst, so. <laughs> Do you say boat or woat? Yeah, the boat or the woat. The best of What's all time or the worst of all time? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the Titans are frisky, which is another word for a team that's not very good. And <laughs> they are also playing the Eagles twice, so I think it probably comes down to that, right? I mean, they still yeah. have two games left versus each other, so yeah. but I don't really see the other teams in this division doing anything. 
Yeah. I think we segue uh, to the Eagles now. I was going to say, this is a nice segue, segue to the Eagles, which are my first grass team. Um, I did something very I very rarely do. I looked up a stat. My That's God. right. You heard it here first. <laughs> Usually I go off of a, a woman's intuition, but uh, the Eagles – okay, so 30% of Super Bowl winners don't make the playoffs the next year. Isn't that wild? 30%. That's, That's a high number. That being said, I don't think they'll be one of those teams. <laughs> so I basically looked up a stat. It didn't help me at all, but I still I still read it for you. Uh, <laughs> I think they had a lot of injuries in the first part of the year, and they're just coming into form now. They're getting a lot healthier. The Super Bowl hangover is starting to subside. I also think they're very well coached, which means a lot in a division where there are some not-so-great coaches. Yeah. So, like I said, they're my pick to win a division, but I think it is – it is going to be interesting. And I think you could come out of this division with a 9-7 record. Yeah, I think I'm with you here with the Eagles being grass. And then the rest of the entire division is all ass. So Agreed. I'm going to tell you. And why. they're looking at. And go ahead. The Eagles are ass, and I'll tell you why. My God. Oh, my God. Did you know 30% of Super Bowl champions <laughs> don't make the playoffs <laughs> next year? That's a high Holy, number. where did you where did you get that stat? <laughs> no, isn't that shocking? <laughs> uh, but yeah. The only thing is looking at their losses, it's like it's not like they've been blown out of any game. Their loss was against the Buccaneers in week two. That was their first loss when Fitzmagic in the was in the air. Uh there was no stopping that man. And then you have a three point loss to the Titans. God knows how that happened. <laughs> Vikings a two point loss, and then their real only real loss. I guess the Vikings was a real loss, but also they lost to the Panthers, who have shown this year to be a really skilled team, much better than we've seen in the past. The way they're utilizing Cam Newton. So I don't I know. I just think Cam. this division at this point is completely up for grabs for either Washington or Philadelphia. I guess Dallas too. They're only two games back, but. I don't have any faith in Dallas. So if I'm picking anyone to win this division, it's got to be Philadelphia. So you're already agreeing out the Giants solely because they're one and seven, have no offensive line, defense is terrible, have one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. That's it. I mean, they Correct. do have yeah. generational talent at running back. Yeah, they do. In Saquon Barkley, but in I don't, Barkley, he yeah. hasn't, he hasn't done anything to help these teams, that team win. So if you don't have a competent quarterback in your backfield, there's no way you're going to win. Here's the thing. Everyone's uh, talking about how it was a bad pick at number two. Like, they should have taken a quarterback. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, okay, you take Saquon. Then, because your quarterback is ass, you're still going to be terrible this year. Then you get another mm-hmm. like next year, and then you can take a quarterback. And now you have a quarterback and Saquon. So you're saying they're playing the long con. Yeah. Because if they took that's my point. Yeah, Darnold, exactly. Yeah, if they took Sam Darnold and then get to eight and eight or whatever on the year, they're still not going to make the playoffs probably. And then next year they have a mediocre draft pick, and they're not going to get a running back even close to as good as Saquon. No, I agree with you. I just I, I'm with the the crowd of the Barkley draft pick wasn't the the best choice in a draft that was littered with high end quarterbacks. And a lot of running backs as well. So, yeah. I mean, the reason they're going to get screwed is if next year the quarterback crop isn't as good or they pick the wrong one or whatever. But, I mean, that can happen anytime. Yeah, exactly. But the way I see it, they got a Daniel Tomlinson and then have another shot at the Phillip Rivers or, you know, something yeah. decent in next year's draft. So, yeah, I agree. I like the idea that they're, they've done this the entire time knowing that they're going to play the long con and, just let Saquon get acclimated to the NFL and then Honestly, it actually set him loose next year. If they were planning on trying to make a playoff push this year, just don't just get rid of Eli and pick up any quarterback. I mean, try Teddy Bridgewater or something. I don't know. I mean, they could have had a better play quarterback and still drafted Saquon, Saquon, whatever. I always call him Saquon because we're tight like that. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I think it was fine. I I will make the counterpoint, though, that running backs may not be as important anymore as we think. Running backs don't matter. I'll be the first to say it. I mean, 
the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year. JHI is their best running back, and he's not, you know, a workhorse necessarily. They do it by committee, by three to four running backs, and you know that's the exact same way that the Patriots are doing things too. Yeah, exactly. But the Patriots still have skilled running backs. They just don't have like the traditional, you know, Adrian Peterson. But that's why I'm saying like running backs are nowhere near as important to a team as a high end or skilled quarterback that could manage a game. For sure, and I mean, I would argue like offensive line is way more important than running back but i think you still need like either one really good or like multiple skilled running backs and especially yeah. because saquon is so good in the passing game as well i think mm, true. he can potentially make a, a bigger impact i agree with you i mean the man has 58 receptions on the season somehow only three less than odell beckham so yeah but i digress all right, let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll just go ahead and start. This team is grass. I'll tell you that much. Uh, when we were all focused on the Steelers, this team somehow became the most talented team in the division. And I think they're a playoff team. And I know that's a, hard, that's a tough division and that the Ravens and the Steelers are also great. But I think they're the best team in the division. It's interesting. I mean, you got Pittsburgh in that division. So, and... I mean, we'll get into this later. A newly reformed Cleveland Browns team. Mm. And Baltimore, who the emergence of John Brown has been huge. But to the Cincinnati point, I think the the new usage of Joe Mixon as kind of a bell cow back and re- high usage in the receiving game has really opened up a lot um, for both A.J. Green and the emergence of Tyler Boyd running from the slot has been huge. Uh, he's been putting up monster numbers week in and week out. And I think that's kind of just credit to um, their offensive coordinator, who's done a really good job of getting kind of everybody utilized in the game to open up different lanes f- to exploit these defenses in different ways. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I mean, you know what Matthew Berry calls the Cincinnati Bengals, so we Cincinnati boners, because whenever you have faith in them, they bone you. But I think uh, I would still pick the Steelers if I had to pick one to win the division. Um, I think obviously that whole. I think they've they've kept things together reasonably well given all the circumstances with Le'Veon. And James Conner is obviously filled in very well, and we'll see if Le'Veon ever comes back and how that might impact the team. But they just have such a potent offense um, and a track record of success um, that I would lean towards them over the Bengals. Um, although I have Tyler Boyd on my fantasy team, so <laughs> I'd be okay with them doing well. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting division to watch going forward. One of the rare divisions where you have three, I think, good teams. And um, it's really the opposite, in my opinion, of the teams we're about to talk about next. Next, I want to talk about the AFC South. So, all of it. Whichever teams you guys want to talk about, there's four teams, and they're all kind of jumbled together right now. So, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and start in whatever team you want to talk about? All right, so <clears throat> this division is kind of up for grabs right now with Indianapolis and Jacksonville both only being two games back of Houston. But so obviously we know what Houston has. Will Fuller getting injured is kind of a blow to that offense, but Kiki, do you love me, Kuti? Um, <laughs> he, he's shown that he could fill in very well for – uh, Will Fuller while he's out and recovering from what is ACL tear. Uh, I think the defense is kind of the biggest question with Houston along with their offensive line. Cause uh, Deshaun Watson has been taking quite a few hits at the beginning of the season. But if I'm a betting man, I'm saying Indianapolis is the team that comes out of this division. Holy shit. Wow. Indianapolis. Um, what Frank Reich has done for this team over the last couple of weeks, he started off, obviously they didn't do so hot. They weren't doing so hot, but 
he has kind of revamped, revamped the offensive line and has kept um, Andrew Luck basically untouched in the pocket in the backfield for the last three, I think four weeks now. He's gone. He hasn't taken a single sack and he got, he got pressured or touched once or knocked down one slap this past weekend. So with Andrew Luck, if he could stay, you know, unscathed in the backfield, he has weapons all on offense. And now with the emergence of Marlon Mack, it's huge because Indianapolis really hasn't had a solid running game in a very long time. And then we also talked about earlier how teams right now are doing things with multiple running backs and they're using Naheem Hines as like a change of pace back that's going to catch four or five passes out of the backfield to switch things up. And now with Jack Doyle back as well, as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's a top 10 tight end in the NFL. And Eric Ebron has obviously shown his prowess as well on the field. So I think there's way too many weapons that if Andrew Luck's going to be able to stay back and actually pass, um, there's just no stopping the Colts. Their defense has looked a lot better as well recently. So that that's kind of my spiel on the Colts and why I think they kind of the second half of the season just run away with this this division. Well, as far as the Texans go, I want to talk about them a little bit. They're on a five-game winning streak, which has been the least impressive five-game winning streak I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Deshaun Watson nearly lost a lung and somehow had to take had to take a bus to the last game to the Jaguars game instead of a plane with everyone else, uh, which took him twelve hours <laughs> to get to the game. Um, I think that they have perhaps the worst offensive line in football, but I trust Watson to to be able to handle getting a lot of pressure. I've seen him you know, get out of many would-be sacks. And on the other end of the ball, a lot of smart people say that the key to an elite team is an elite defensive line. Uh, by smart people, I mean Dick Buckets, of course. Uh, and they – sorry, I had a notification. They uh, have J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney, who by my calculation are good at football. So I think the defensive line and, and Watson can certainly lead them to the playoffs. That being said, this division is wide open, and I'm looking at the Jaguars at 3-5. and five. I find it hard to believe they're really that much worse than last year. And I think that once they get four nights back, they'll make a run. And that's you know right about the time you want your best player back, or one of your best players. Now, they do have the scourge of Blake Bortles as their quarterback which is a little bit of a, a a hindrance. But even if that defense... Not when you get the boat, but when you get the woat. Exactly. <laughs> even if that defense is a little worse than last time, than last time around, I still think it's good enough to win this division or at least get a wild card. I was looking at their schedule so far. The Jags have really... They beat the the Patriots in week two. And then it's kind of been all downhill from there. They've lost their last four games. They had one win in their last six. That was against the Jets, who are ass. And then they've lost now to Tennessee, nine to six. Yikes. <laughs> and then they lost to the Chiefs, Cowboys, Texans, and Eagles. Um which are all decent teams, right? Definitely the Chiefs, one of the best teams in the league, and then the other three are, are solid for sure. So I agree they're going to benefit from Fournette coming back. On the other hand, I just feel like they're on kind of a low. Like they got up on a high after they beat the Patriots, but honestly the Patriots always start slow, so I feel like that was a more explanation for that game than the Jags doing well. And I'll be interested to see if they can turn it around, but certainly not much of what we've seen so far this year has uh, gives me any confidence that they're going to, you know, do better the rest of the season. The other thing is too, I know we were, we're going to talk about fantasy later, but I remember at the beginning of the fantasy season, we were talking about like which defenses to draft high. If you should draft a defense at all before the second to last round, and it's like 
very seldom does the number one scoring defense in fantasy, which translates usually to the best defense in real football as well, very seldom are they the number one scoring defense the next year. So I'm not too surprised that after Saxonville last year that the Jags defense has, has fallen a little bit short this year. Um, and we just talked about how running backs, you know, aren't really game changers most of the time. And CJ Yeldon or TJ Yeldon is averaging like more than four yards per carry anyways, even without Fournette there. So, you know, I love me some Leonard, but I'm not sure that he's going to be a huge difference maker if and when he comes back, especially because we aren't really going to be ever sure that he'll be 100%. I... For me, I think it's more of their philosophy that changes when they get Fournette back. Uh, they're actually one of the most pass-heavy teams in the league right now, and that's because they've been missing Fournette for most of the time. And you do not want to be one of the pass-heaviest teams in the league if your quarterback is Blake Bortles. <laughs> so what I think is when Fournette comes back, they start to do that ground and pound. And you know if the Jaguars have a lead, they're able to protect it. It's if they get down by a couple of scores that there's no way they can come back. So I'm hoping that once Fournette comes back, they start to to run and play good defense, and that bolts them into the into the playoffs. Because you know why I would love to watch Mason Blake Bortles playoff football. So I also want to <laughs> I also want to discuss a team that we haven't yet. So the Tennessee Titans, their ass. Uh, I have a hot take for you. Was that it? Because I wasn't very hot. <laughs> uh, Marcus Morrow is not a good quarterback. Mm. That's fair. All right, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the entire NFC North I have written down here because... Boy, I mean, we all have some stock in this division, and it is wide open right now. Yeah. My favorite, I told you guys this earlier, but for our four listeners, maybe five, we'll see what happens. Um, Crossing our fingers for that fifth. Yeah. Uh, One of the best things that I read earlier today was that over the last three weeks, Chicago has gone from first place to last place, back to first place. (laughs) That's how wide open this division is. Gaping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so obviously y'all are pulling hard for the bears. Um, I might have slight bias towards the Vikings. Um, I think going into the year, we certainly thought the Vikings were the favorite in the division. Um, although that was probably before the Cleo Mack trade, which definitely has helped the bears defense immensely. Um, Vikings just had a tough loss yesterday to the saints. Uh, obviously the Saints are a great team as well so I'm still optimistic about our chances going forward um, I think we've been talking about running backs but uh, certainly our the injury to Dalvin Cook has not been helpful to the Vikings it sounds like they're going to hold him out until after our bye week which will be not next week but the following week so I think we had an incredibly horrible loss, which I happened to witness in person, which was demoralizing uh, and honestly downright blasphemous. (laughs) But otherwise, I think the Vikings will be all right, and I still have faith in us the rest of the season. Sam, I disagree with your take that the Packers are ass. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are they quite grass, though? They're more like sod. Perhaps. Oh, I like that. That's fair. <laughs> I like a good sod. I mean, any team with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback can't be ass. Uh, and yeah. they certainly pay, put up a good fight yesterday against the Rams. I watched the end of that game because it was on before the Vikings. For me, Aaron Rodgers and his team remind me kind of of LeBron and his teams in the past. Like, for instance, the Cavs of last year where you have an MVP caliber player, possibly the greatest of all time, and not a great team around him. But the difference between football and basketball is that, first of all, it's played with a different ball. 
What? <laughs> but it's all sport ball, though, as a matter of game. Second of all, <laughs> you're right. Second of all, one player cannot carry a team in football. It just can't happen. You you have a 52 man roster, whereas in I mean, it's hard to carry 52 men. I mean, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have 52 arms. How is he supposed to carry them all? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Couldn't have made the point better myself. So in the NBA, one player can make a lot of a difference because you only have five players on the court. In football, right, and two arms, two legs, and you don't have to carry yourself. So there and, you go. And in football, that's just not that's just not true. And I think we're seeing we're going to see that with the Packers this year. I think they're going to miss the playoffs. Wow, just overall miss of the playoffs. You think, huh? You damn right. I would take. I'm more worried about the Packers than the Bears. I, I said agree. it. I'm not worried about the Bears though. So. They're my team. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> if if I'm the Vikings, which I am an integral part of their organization, I feel like the Packers are more of a threat than the Bears. See, so, I'd have to completely disagree with that statement. One, I think Mitchell Trubisky over Aaron Rodgers any day of the week. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding in that statement. But um, the defense, I think, is the big thing for the bears, which has obviously been evident throughout the first couple weeks of the season, or I guess the first half of the season already, geez. Um, they just have one of the best defenses in the NFL with the signing of Khalil Mack. He was just an instant game changer and it's been horrible for other teams trying to establish anything on offense against the bears. I mean, you have the corners and the safeties are playing very well too, which has been um, a big problem for the bears in the past. Uh, Shout out Chris Conti. I think he's in his grave now after being stiff armed to hell by (laughs) weeks ago. Um, But Matt Nagy, I think is kind of coming into his own with his play calling and Trubisky has bought into it 100%. And so is the rest of the team. And we've seen that over the last couple of weeks with the, higher usage of Tariq Cohen, both as a running back and a pass catcher out of the backfield. And just the distribution of the ball, you you know, you never know, is Trubisky going to get flushed out of the pocket and run for 20 yards? Is he going to dump it down to Tariq Cohen to run for a 70-yard touchdown? Is he going to hit Allen Robinson out of the slot? Or is he going to hit, why can't I think of our tight end's name right now? He's on our fantasy team. Is he going to hit Trey Burton? You know, it's there's just so many, so many options on this offense, and they're kind of starting to click on all cylinders. So I think the second half of the season is um, obviously going to be the determinant of if they make the playoffs or not. But I like their chances a lot more than both Detroit and Green Bay to make the playoffs. I think Minnesota is going to be the one hard team to fight off to keep the number one spot in the NFC North. So I have a couple of points about the Bears. Uh... First of all, I know I've told you guys this in, in person, but I'd like our five listeners to know that I think that Matt Nagy's look with his bald head in a visor looks like an egg poking out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> if a team with that fashion forward of a quarterback doesn't win the NFC North, I don't know who will. Uh, I also think that uh, Mitchell T might not be good at football. Um, certainly not a quarterback. How dare you? He's a great running back, though. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think what we're seeing with the Bears, and maybe it hasn't fully happened yet, is the best thing to have in football now is a quarterback who's decent on a rookie contract because then you have then yeah. you have money to spend elsewhere. We saw this with the Rams with Jared Goff. We saw it with the Eagles with Carson Wentz. Could we be seeing it with the Bears with Mitchell T in the next few years? Maybe he just has That's exactly be, what we're seeing. He just has to be average. You know, that's all we're asking for. And if he sails the ball twelve feet over one more wide open receiver's head, I may have a conniption. But <laughs> what if he throws it instead of sails it? Well, he's a great sailor as well as a great running back. So <laughs> Isn't it incredible how he can physically attach sails to a football and let the football be taken in the wind? If only he could get it on target. All right, everyone remember at 8.30, I'm stopping to sell Seth. Move at least 10 feet away from your microphone right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the hell's happening. I don't want to see your microphone within, within three arm lengths of where you are. <laughs> Sorry. I got excited. <laughs> Leave that in, honestly. Um, 
<laughs> I wanted to talk about the Vikings as well because now I know me and Kyle are Bears fans and Seth is a Vikings fan. I'm supposed to hate the Vikings, but I kind of love their team. Uh, I'm, I'm hooked, hooked on a feeling. Me, We're all hooked on a feeling. On a feeling. <laughs> I'm high on believing. What a great song. Yeah, honestly. Uh, they're just too talented not to make the playoffs. That's my thing. Uh, they have a great defense and a great offense, and I've heard that's what you need to win. So, <sighs> I mean, we're definitely going to make the playoffs. The question is, you know, will we go undefeated right and win the Super Bowl, or will we lose a few games before winning the Super Bowl? You know you've already lost a few, right? <laughs> I mean, from here on out. Yeah, so if I had to guess, do we have any feelings on the Lions, or are they just ass? I like the Lions. I think the emergence of Carrion Johnson over the last couple of weeks is going to be big for them. And honestly, though I'm not sure what they're doing, because today, with the trade deadline, I'm pretty sure it's tomorrow, or today, once this podcast drops. Um, supposedly, Golden Tate is available for trades. Makes no sense to me. And they're looking for a fourth round at the least. <laughs> I don't know how Golden Tate is only worthy of a fourth round pick. Yeah, but really. um, I guess that kind of might show, though, how highly they think of Kenny Galladay, who has Baby shown. Tron. Yeah, Babytron. How, Although he's know. done nothing last few weeks. So, I know that because I'm a fantasy team. But here's the but thing yeah. with him. He's been on such of the, the bad side of variance almost the entire season. He's had at least four touchdowns called back due to like offensive line holding penalties and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. he's put up big numbers in the receiving game, but he hasn't found the end zone nearly to the clip that he should be. And I think kind of going forward, that's a trend that's going to change. Cause like I said, it's variance, but if one or two of those offensive holding penalties doesn't happen, you know, Galladay has over 100 yards and at least one receiving touchdown in two, three games. So it's like, I don't know. I I feel bad for the Bears and kind of this entire division because, like we said, it's so wide open and every team offensively has something going. And defensively, Green Bay, out of the question, but every other team has positives on defense. So it's like the NFC North is kind of just all over the place. Anyone can kind of come away with it, but my – Conviction is with the Bears. I would say that, I you know, every year one team makes the playoffs where we can kind of look around and say, what the hell are they doing in the playoffs? And I think that may be Detroit this year, as it is pretty much every year that that happens, honestly. So <laughs> I could see that happening for sure. Uh, okay, so that's one, that one's wide open. Let's move on to the last team that I wanted to talk about. Why I wanted to talk about them, I'm not sure, because – they're the Atlanta Falcons, and underneath them in my notes, I just have written, they're not good. I've never liked them. So, Hot Atlanta, baby. I don't know what that means for us, but uh, what do you guys think about them? So why do you think about them? Yeah. <laughs> I figured it was what the audience would want. So the thing with the Atlanta Fal- Falcons, Falcons, Falcons? Falcons. Um, <laughs> Falcon. Well, the Millennium Falcon, and then you have the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Is it the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, in my mind it is. I think it's the Millennium Falcon, but either way, uh, <laughs> I can just make so, every word a, fa- a falcon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't understand this team mainly because you have Julio Jones, which is a I would consider a top three, at least top five wide receiver in the NFL. But for some reason, their offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian refuses to have Matt Ryan even look his direction when they're in the red zone. It's just preposterous to me. Like how can he be such a good play caller between the twenties and then just shit hits the fan. Once you get in the red zone, it just makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Their defense, their defense is ass. (laughs) No grass being had just complete ass. So it's like, if they're going to win, if they're going to make the playoffs, they need Julio Jones to at least score one touchdown this season. But at the same time, I'm hoping that he sets the record for receiving yards without a touchdown in a season at the same time. What's the record, do you know? No, not off the top of my head. How about off the bottom of your head? Oh, I haven't looked there. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. I feel like it's like that sketch that we talk about all the time with like 
with the Heat teams back in the day and, and Stephen A. Smith. Mario Chalmers should not be anywhere near basketball. That's what Steve Sarkeesian says is like, in the red zone of an Atlanta football game, Julio Jones should not be anywhere near a football. Why do you think that is beyond me? Yeah. That was, well, first of all, astounding comedy, uh, astounding imitation, really, had it all. Uh, should we move on? <laughs> yes. All right. Um, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I, I found this. I found this. Um, before we move on. So in 1991, Al Toon recorded 963 yards without a touchdown. And Julio Jones, yeah, right now he's fourth on the list. He has 812 yards without a touchdown. He <laughs> might have a 2,000-yard receiving season and not score a single touchdown. <laughs> Shit, that would be like – What an absolute anomaly. Yeah, that would be a wild sports anomaly. When right. our grandkids are on our lap, we can tell them that we uh, we saw Julio Jones. We saw him. That's- <laughs> 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 One time at Applebee's, I happened to see Julio Jones. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's move on um i want to predict the six playoff teams in each conference so you kind of may have had gotten a feel of who we like from what we've said already but let's just run through them so am i should i go or what go right ahead <laughs> you're damn right okay so in the nfc these are in no particular order except they they are in the order of seating yeah <laughs> all right so one i have the rams Two Saints, three Vikings, four Eagles. So those are my four divisional champs. Then at five, I have the Panthers, and at six, I have the Bears. Uh, I did another thing that I rarely do, and I looked at schedules. I know, shocking, right? Uh, The Bears have a pretty easy schedule upcoming. We get to play. We get to play the Bills, the Forty Niners. The Giants. So right there, give us three, please. Okay, so you'll have seven wins on the season. And then we have two against the Lions. I bet we win the one at home. And I bet you that we're winning against the Packers at home as well since we almost beat them in Lambeau. Let's say that they split the Vikings as well. Okay. Now you're getting ahead of yourself. I'm going to say that they're going to lose to the Rams. Hot take. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like the Bears have had an easy schedule so far. The only teams they've beaten was Seattle, Arizona, Tampa Bay, and New York. Yeah, and, we're gonna... and Seattle has a slow start. So they've basically beaten three ass teams. Yeah, but they also lost to, the, teams lost to the Packers by one point, and that should have been a win. Lost to the Dolphins. Don't I have no clue how. That's kind of – And the Patriots, Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. We only lost by a touchdown. Uh, we could honestly be undefeated right now. <laughs> but, you know, I think preseason games. I would say that I, I'm just saying there's a roadmap to 10 and 6. I think it's it's definitely doable. It's a roadmap that the Bears have lost and they're standing out in the car trying to get their GPS to work again. But there is a roadmap. Exactly. As long as he doesn't follow the uh, roadmap into the lake to the right, even though it tells him to turn. <laughs> nice office reference. Uh, all right. GPS bear right. <laughs> There's a lake there. All right. What's your AFC, Sam? Oh, I was going to go. Should everyone go a- NFC first? Yeah, we could do that too. All right, Kyle, go. All right. So um, I'm going to go with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh is this gosh. in no particular order in descending order as well? Uh, yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> so I got Rams. I got the Saints. I have um, Philadelphia, Chicago, Minnesota, and Carolina. So we have the same teams, but we have the Bears and Vikings switch, correct? Yes. Okay. Seth, I assume you'll have the same teams, but the Vikings and the Bears switched again? <laughs> Absolutely not, under no circumstances. So, obviously, the Rams and the Saints are in. 
I will take the Vikings to win the NFC North. You talked about the NFC East. It's kind of wide open. I will go with the Redskins winning the division slightly. Or as I should say, the Washington professional football team. Yeah, can I just get rid of the name already? (laughs) My wildcard teams are the Packers of Green Bay. Oh, my God. I said it. (laughs) You said they were only sad, though. They are sad. (laughs) But it's sad being walked on by Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) And the Seattle Seahawks of Seattle. Okay. Oh my Just because you you wed and bed Russell Wilson doesn't mean you can just come in here and say that they're going to make the playoffs. I disagree. I think it's precisely because I make love to Russell Wilson on a regular basis that I can say that. <laughs> you know, I could see Seattle. So, you know how I talked about earlier that one team where we're like, why the hell are they in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Seattle is the other candidate for that, for sure. I could see it, but... I don't believe it. I can Although I, was, <laughs> I was looking at their schedule. They still have to play the Rams, the Vikings, and the Chiefs. <laughs> so it <laughs> might be tough. And the Packers. Godspeed. But they finish up with Arizona. So you know that if they're neck and neck going into week 17, they'll have an easy way out of it. So, <laughs> And two games against the 49ers. It's certain- I, could see, it's con- I could obviously see the Panthers getting in. Um, but... My main thing is I do not expect the Bears to be in the playoffs. Well, you're clearly just anti-Bear, and we won't have this on that po- on this podcast. Okay, should I just stop recording then? Or? Yeah, go ahead and see yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on to the AFC here. So here are my teams in no particular order, in a descending order. Number one, the Chiefs of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Two, the Patriots. Three, the Bengals. For the Texans, those are my four division winners. Coming at five, the Chargers, formerly known as the San Diego Chargers. And coming in at six, this one will shock you. The New the York Knickerbockers. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, the Jaguars. <laughs> oh, my God. The Jaguars, you said. Listen, and Blake, we trust, okay? Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, I think that – I mean, I talked about the Jaguars already – the AFC, really, once you get down past the division winners, cheeks. Cheeks, cheeks, cheeks. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> I mean, so I'm I just going to tell you right now. Decent, but other than that, go ahead. Um, I have the, for uh, the AFC divisional, uh, almost the same as you. I got Kansas City. I got New England. I'm going to take Pittsburgh, though, over Cincinnati. And then uh, I'm going to say... Indianapolis out of um, what is that? The AFC South. And then for the wild card, Houston and wait for it. The New York Knickerbockers. The Baltimore Ravens. Wow. Yeah, I said it. That's going to be the AFC AFC team that we say, how the hell did they make it here? (laughs) There's always got to be one. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Seth. I think uh, in descending order, in no particular order, the Patriots and the Chiefs are for sure in. I'm going to agree with Kyle. I will take the Steelers, and I will take the Texans to win the South. And then I think I'll take the Cincinnati Boners in the wild card. <laughs> and, uh, and I like the Colts as well. Okay. Yeah, building blasphemy all over this podcast. Hop on the train. There's room. Honestly, the safer bet is probably the team formerly known as the San Diego Chargers, currently known as Los Angeles Chargers. But what are they going to be known as in the future, though? Exactly. That's that's really why they're not going to make the playoffs. It's just they have an identity crisis, not really knowing where they are, who they should be. So I'm going to deface myself again. I said that the AFC North has three very good teams, and I only put one of them in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. The AFC North has four very good teams. Okay. Which is a great segue into our next segment. Right. Well, we had a segment before that, but you're just going to take over this podcast, aren't you? Let's just talk about <laughs> now because we all setting it up for you. We've all been hankering to talk about it. The big, huge wager between me and Kyle. I mean, I mean, I don't even know. It was like five bucks. I'm not really sure. 
10. How dare you? <laughs> so before the season started, we made a bet. Kyle wins if the Browns go 8-8 eight and eight or better, and I win if they go 7-9 and nine or worse. Now, I was feeling real good about this bet until the news that came out today. Kyle, would you like to share with everyone? The love of Cleveland, not Tyron Lou, but Hugh Jackson has been fired. Um, probably the worst head coach in all of football, along with offensive coordinator Todd Haley, also been fired today. So, so at one point, Hugh had won, I believe, two games in 31 games or something like that. And, um, <laughs> and you know, two games in two years, whatever it was. If any, if in any other career, you were that bad at your job, <laughs> you would be fired much before he was. You want to know the funniest part about this? Is Hugh Jackson has now been fired in his most winningest season with the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like if you were an accountant and you balance the books correctly two times out of thirty five years. <laughs> You'd be Kevin Malone, and then Dwight Schrute would be hired as manager and fire you. Spoilers. Wow. Nobody who... Wait for telling us spoilers after the fact. (laughs) But, so, here's the thing. Um, Obviously, the Browns are 2-5-1 right now. They should be at least 500 um, if it wasn't for the atrocious... Not even just coaching. I don't know how you can't get a competent kicker to kick a field goal or even an extra point against the saints to win a game uh the browns have somehow figured out how to do it but thankfully my uh my guy that i follow on um twitter everyone should follow him that has a twitter his name's warren sharp he's a um nfl guy he's a like an analyst pretty much um he has been a hugh jackson hater since Hugh Jackson has been born, and Hugh Jackson's older than him. so Hugh Jackson came out of the womb, he said, I hate you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he stood in the back corner of the delivery room and said, God, he just scathed that man. Um, but so he posted this today. The Browns right now are plus 11 in the turnover margin with a 2-5-1 and one record through eight weeks. Since 2006, there have been 38 teams with a plus 8 turnover margin or better through eight weeks. And not a single one has had a losing record. Since 1975, there have been 71 teams with a plus 11 turnover margin or better through eight weeks. None of them have had a losing <laughs> record, except the 2018 Browns. Wow. The sky is the limit for this team right now. If there's any type of competency at the head coaching position, I like the Browns to... They're probably... Not, I hate to say it. They're probably not going to get to that 500 mark, but <laughs> hand over the money now, sucker. <laughs> but they, you know, like I said, the outlook of the future is much brighter than when Hugh Jackson was head coach. Rest in peace. That man. Um, yeah, I will. Say, but like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I've heard all of your stats and I did realize that, that the Browns were more talented coming into this year. But my argument was this. They're the Browns. Uh, oh. They have an organizational dysfunction that runs all the way up to the top. It's not just he, although he was the the face of it. And uh, I'll just believe it when I see it. When they get their shit together, I'll congratulate them, but I don't think it'll be the season. So, I mean, I think they get their shit together for the second half of the season. Um, it's just insane kind of how – not even just head coaching, like I said, variance has taken their to- its toll on the Browns, just like it has many other teams. But somehow the Browns have been on the wrong side of it every single week. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see their next matchup against the Chiefs. Um, that might just be and if I'm setting the over under in Vegas on that game, I'm tossing it at 57. It's just going to be an output of offensive production Seth as a innocent biased bystander and by bias I mean unbiased <laughs> how who are you rooting for in this bet who am I rooting for or who do I think will win well both should be me so <laughs> shouldn't uh, matter. I, I think that the Browns have been a fun train wreck to watch uh, although at this point I just 
after LeBron left Cleveland, you know, I think Cleveland as a city is still riding high after their NBA championship a year and a half ago, but mm-hmm. I feel bad for them. I'm kind of ready for it, like to be happy for the Browns to turn their train wreck around a little bit or get the train yeah. back on tracks. However, given that they're two and five and one and they'd have to do, you know, a lot to be able to make it back to that eight and eight. They got to go six and two the rest of the way. And <laughs> they're playing Kansas City next. So they're not going to win that. After that. Never say never. Any given Sunday. I mean, all the rest of their, they got two games against Cincinnati, Houston, Carolina, Denver, Baltimore, and Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, I mean, none of those games are like guaranteed losses, but. None of them are gimme. But none of them are guaranteed wins either. I mean, right. they don't have a real easy team in there. Right. So I, I'd be surprised. But the defense for a lot of these teams is pretty putrid. So if they're going to do something, the second half schedule is, I feel like, more so in their favor than um, than a lot of people probably I would think. say Kyle still has a fighting chance, but I'd rather be in Sam's position right now. Which is doggy style. Right. So I, <laughs> I would say let's just wrap it up on the Browns because we talked about them for far too long. But their future is bright. They're, I'd say their ass moving towards grass, you know? I say they're sod moving towards oh. grass with the firing of Hugh Jackson. <laughs> okay, so. They've been watered. <laughs> I want to wrap this up soon with Super Bowl picks. But first, let's go over our fantasy teams real quick because I'm sure all of our five listeners want to know what, how our fantasy teams are doing. So. We are in a league called the Matt Rossetti Memorial ACT League, named by me, you're welcome, where the person who comes in last in the league has to take the ACT. So last year, our good friend Matt Rossetti got last and had to take the ACT, and it was one of the funniest things that I've ever been a part of. Uh, (laughs) We all made posters for him and were there to cheer him on as he walked out of the ACT with a bunch of high schoolers. They all thought it was hilarious, too. Uh, got a 26, though. Shout out to the man. <laughs> I can just see him taking this this ACT 10 years in a row. And by the time he's 40, oh, I can see the headlines in our local paper. <laughs> local man gets 36 on ACT after 10 years. <laughs> but um, so I, let me just talk about my team real quick. This is a very competitive league because everyone's desperate not to take the ACT. So everyone's locked in. No good players are on the waiver wire. Everyone knows what they're doing. Sam, uh, do you realize your team, as we speak, as we record right now, is tied with Ben 140.4 to 140.4? Holy shit. Oh, my God. A tie right what? there would be there's six minutes left in the Patriots game. and Oh, my God. And you are both. I, I don't, I don't live by projections point. by any means. Fuck. But you're still both projected <laughs> to tie this week. I, I needed. White and Julian Edelman to outscore Tom Brady and the Patriots defense by 15, and they just might do it. They're getting uh, close, yeah. But so Brady I just want to say score. something about my team, which I just realized the other week, but my team's four and three, so we're pretty decent. We're second in the division. Um, my first two draft picks were Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook. <laughs> <laughs> should submarine your team, right? Because neither of them have played basically at all this season. But I turned them into Adam Thielen and James White somehow. So um, I'd say that was pretty good for me. Yeah. Uh, we're competitive. We're hooked on a Thielen. And, uh, I mean, our division, everyone's at four and three, three and four. It's just this, you know, no one's – and me and Kyle were talking about this the other, the other week, but no one in this league is, is bad. It just comes down to really – Everyone makes the right decisions. It just comes down to kind of luck. So know? allow me along that theme to complain for a little bit. <laughs> somehow. I'm sure everyone thinks about this too. This is great. <laughs> somehow I have Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, and Julio Jones. All of which, all of whom were first round, if not early second round draft picks, right? In most leagues. And yeah. yet I'm about to go to three and five. And I have the third most points scored of any team in the in the league, and I'm going to be in the bottom half. However, things are looking up. My boy Russell Wilson, as he always does, has started to turn it on. 
last three games, he had 19.9, 20.9, and 23.4 points. So he's really getting going now. Um, Latavius Murray, who is in for Davin Cook, who Sam traded me, uh, seems to only score when I bench him. So maybe I should just keep benching him and then he'll gain confidence. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, I don't even know. Larry Fitzgerald suddenly is back to being a football player, scored a touchdown the last two weeks. He had 102 yards this week. I I thought he played better. It's the new coaching change. That could be. And maybe I'm going to have to throw him in the lineup and I need to see it for a couple more weeks. Kennedy Galladay has been a little disappointing. But overall, I feel really good about my team. And uh, I think I still have a fighting chance of making the playoffs, even though I'll be three and five. Um, And I'm certainly confident that I will not be taking the ACT. Fast forward to six months from now when I'm doing ACT prep classes. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, for my team, Stokey's my homies. You know, I got the boy, Patty Mahomes. Patty. Um, I am also sitting at four and three, just like almost the rest of the league besides Drew. And uh, shout out the boy, Nick Merlina, Cam on my TDs. Um, he did win this week, so don't look now. He, t- he texted me and said he's about Ooh. to make a charge for the playoffs. Uh, I said, I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. But um, so for this week, I beat uh, a team in second place. Kyle, I noticed you um, had the bold Nick. move of not playing oh, anyone no, in your flex. Even... <laughs> so here's what happened. All right. So Nick. Yeah, yeah. Nick is in first place. He's oh, got my five, God. He's the five and two defense right just now. scored a touchdown. And... <laughs> oh, shit. So here's the thing. Yeah. Nick had Todd Gurley, who we know decided not to score a touchdown at the end of the game mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday. The smart football play to not, one, get injured, or two, give the ball back to arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, to even attempt mm-hmm. to try and come back in the game. And because of that, I was winning by two points. And I had Josh Gordon to play tonight, and I said, well, you never know what's going to happen. So I because I was winning, and there's That's nothing right. else. And yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta keep him straight sometimes. So Josh, if he knows what's good for him, he'll come out next week swinging. That confidence, you know. On the opposite side of that, on the opposite side of that, I have Todd Gurley in another league where I was w- I was winning by ten points tonight and facing the New England defense, uh, who now has sealed the deal. I will be losing in that league. So <laughs> damn you, Todd Gurley, for screwing me. <laughs> So but I have one more thing to say about fantasy. You know, I'm sure we've lost all of our five listeners by now because they don't care about our fantasy teams. But uh, we lost them long before this. <laughs> but my other team, my Yahoo League. So this was an auto drafted team. The computer drafted two kickers and two defenses, with the first <laughs> kicker being in the seventh round. And that team is now seven one. That team is now seven and one in first place in the league. So oh fantasy is just stupid. There's no way around it. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, last thing I want to do before we sign out here is fuck it, let's predict the Super Bowl, huh, game? Um, so I'm going to take Rams versus Chiefs, and I'll take the Rams to win. Um, did I just pick the teams with the best record right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that. But I think in this NFL today with the new rules and everything, offense is the thing that matters most, and these two teams have the best offense. So that's what I went with. I am going to agree with you uh, on both points, actually. My uh, Super Bowl is also the Chiefs and the Rams, but I think the Rams win it, and they go undefeated during the season. Wow. They're going to be the first team. You mean the whole season? Well, I guess if you win the Super Bowl, you would win all the playoff games, huh, game? Uh, Kyle, you want to make that <laughs> on that or what? Exactly. Yeah. 20, you want, 20 big ones? On? Oh, my God. All right, you have a deal, sir. I'll take the Rams and not go undefeated. Excellent. All right. Well, obviously, I can't pick what both of you guys picked. Um, Right, even though that's what you want. Yeah. And um, being a longstanding Vikings fan, the one thing I know about them is that they'll do whatever they can to break your heart in the most heartbreaking 
soul crushing way possible. So after last year, we got the Minneapolis miracle against the saints to take us to the NFC uh, championship game. And then we were just blown out of the water this year. I think they'll go one step further and they'll make it to the Super Bowl, and then find a way to let it slip through their fingers just so Mm -hmm. that my heart gets incinerated in (laughs) a blender. So I'm going to take the Vikings and (laughs) to lose in the Super Bowl to themselves. (laughs) Well, we're going to kill ourselves. That's for sure. I mean that metaphorically speaking that it's not going to be the other team that beats us, but it will be the team that beats ourselves. I think it'll probably be the chiefs chiefs or the Patriots out of the AFC, but I'll, I'll stick with y'all and say the chiefs at this point. Well, you heard it here first. I can't be wait for all of us to be wrong. Um, Yeah. It'll probably probably be like Ravens Cowboys or something outrageous just because we picked the easy ones. You wash out your mouth right now. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been a fun look at the NFL midseason. So thank you guys for joining us, all five of you. Thank all of you for listening to the podcast that no one asked for, no one needed, and certainly no one deserved. Amen to that. All right. See you guys. Until next time. <laughs>